Welcome to the Wine About History podcast. This is Max, your host, with my guest host, Mbam. And today we are drinking. Today we are drinking Neith Langshop. And I'm sure I just totally murdered that name, but it's a South African wine, which is kind of interesting. It's a Sauvignon Blanc for South, from South Africa. It's a 2017 vintage. And I noticed right away it was a little different. I'm used to Californian wines, I'll admit. So it was a little different, and I'm, I'm liking it as I'm drinking it. Um, not as fruit forward as I was kind of thinking it might be, but um, nonetheless, not bad. Might want to give it a try. Anyway, so that's the wine we're drinking tonight, and Max is going to talk about the person. Yes, we're I am. About tonight. I. <clears throat> We were talking about Quanah Parker, a the first and last chief of the Comanche Nation, who are also called call themselves the Nirmanumi, and I and that's what they call themselves. And I want to respect that. So, here is a description, a quote from him by Captain Carter, with the, who had the first look at Quanah in a war raid. In a midnight stampede, Quana attacked and drove off all Captain Carter and his men's horses. A large and powerfully built chief led the bunch on a coal-black racing pony. Leaning forward upon his mane, his heels nervously working in the animal's side, with six-shooter poised in the air, he seemed the incarnation of savage, brutal joy. His face was smeared with black war paint, which gave his features a satanic look. A full dress, full-length headdress, or war bonnet of eagle's feathers, spread out as he, as he rode, and descending from his forehead, overhead and back to his pony's tail, almost swept the ground. Large brass hoops were in his ears. He was naked to the waist, wearing simply leggings, moccasins, and a breechcloth. A a necklace of bear's claws hung about his neck. Bells jingled as he rode, followed by his leading warriors, all outstripping him in the race. All eager to outstrip him in the race. It was Quana, principal war chief of the Quahadas. Moments after that description, he turned around and shot Samuel Gregg in the face, a young private. Because they, they were at war. What do you want from them? Well, yeah. They were at war. do that kind of thing at war. So. Um, so let's get an idea of what the Comanches were and what was going on at the time. Okay. So what happened was, during the Civil War, the frontier went back about 200 miles. Okay. And the... You know, you back, saw, like, towards the east? Towards or? the east, okay. 200 miles. Be, partially because the Comanche Nation is a very, very powerful nation. In yeah. fact, at their time, they are arguably the greatest of the native nations, and they are arguably the greatest uh, <clears throat> horse warrior culture ever. And they are uh, arguably the strongest Native American culture ever. So there, there's a lot to go through there. And Quana was the child of <clears throat> um, a Parker, a, a young lady who was captured as a 
child. Her last name was Parker, and of course right now I'm forgetting her first name. I believe it was Sarah. So she was captured as yes. a little girl? The, the Comanches raided her. They had, she had a fort. Uh, of course, I can't find the friggin' picture. And so they raised Cynthia her. Ann. Yep. She was captured when she was about eight years old. Her name is Cynthia Ann. And she married Pettinacona, who was a war chief of the Quaha, the Quahadis, which were one of the most violent Comanche tribe. Band. They're a band of the Comanche tribe. Oh, okay. And the Comanche history, they were part, they used to be part of the Shoshone band. And they used to get the crap kicked out of them. Um, all the time, the Comanches were really, really beaten around so badly that they had to run away to the Wichita Mountains and hide there. Then horses were introduced, and they almost immediately took to them and became excellent horse archers. They would fight in a big circle uh-huh. and crash into their enemies. Kind of like, an, it's kind of a crazy scenario. They're arguably better horse warriors than the Lakota. Which, okay. I, I don't know about that. I'm not an expert on all the native tribes. But they were uh, such a dominant force that they had, they had their own empire. Where in the United States were they? That's a very good question. I was about to explain what their, their empire was called. Come on, Sharon. It was northern Texas. Okay. Uh, southern Oklahoma. You can look up Comanchera, Comanche Empire. Okay. Comancheria. Um, on your... You can look it up on your phone right now. And it was a huge chunk of land. It doesn't look like it on the map. But it... And... <clears throat> they controlled that area of land for about 200 years. Since this, even the Spanish... They stopped the Spanish invasion into North America, basically. That's how tough wow. they were. Yeah. Wow. They halted it completely. They were... They had this basically the same tactics as Vikings, where they could just run out, slam into you, and run away, and you'd never catch them, because uh-huh. the horses were so much better. And that, and they were very, very, very free tribe. Mm-hmm. Um, the only ruas you had really were, um, they did not have a priest class. They didn't have a. What? They didn't have a priest class to oh, listen okay. to. They had very few. They actually didn't, and this is going to sound rude. They didn't have really a big culture. Like their neighbors, the Kiowas, who had a sun dance, a priest class, all this other oh, stuff. Okay, yeah. Comanches actually bathed once or twice in their life. They were very, they were very different from Whoa. their from yeah. their neighbors. Yeah. Um, and uh, I, I don't want to speak ill of them, but they were just a different yeah. group of people. Yeah. And I can't think that'd be good for you tonight. Well, they're also the living life. in Texas, so the so the sun is baking off all the germs on their body. <laughs> It's literally cooking. It literally cooks the germs away. Oh, all right. So, yeah, there's also something nasty they did though. They would clean each other's hair, uh-huh. put the lice in their mouth, and crack it with their teeth. Oh, is she? Yeah. So this is hardcore Budawoyo culture. There's only one rule you really had. It was a hard life. You couldn't steal another man's wife. Okay. Women were second class citizens, and like in Lhasa, they had a lot more freedom generally than um, white women at the time. Um, in fact, if you went back in time and you had a choice between a native society, you'd probably pick, and a white society, you'd probably pick, um, native society. But men's job were to hunt and they would actually hunt about 40 buffalo a year. But the reason they fought so hard for the common chair and they were brutal warriors was because 
um, you, you need about six buffalo a year to live, but they would hunt 40. Because mm-hmm. then you could sell the hides and trade them for uh, vegetables from the Mandan or this or that, or flint from another tribe, or when white people came, guns and ammunition, which were highly prized. Mm-hmm. So that's the world he grew up in. One of just, you are a warrior, you are a hunter. The Comanchera is our land. No one dared go in it. None of the natives dared go in Comanchera. They were all terrified of them. Mm-hmm. They were, and they would raid you on a full moon, mm-hmm. which is actually a full moon tonight for us. It's a full moon. Mm-hmm. And they called it, a, to Texas to this day, is called the Comanche moon. Really? And they would, oh. yep. And it was basically a death sentence if you saw them riding towards you. Sure. You were dead, and there's a chance, and this is common all over the world. Like, I don't want to speak ill of this tribe, but... Torture killings out of revenge. Mm-hmm. Everyone on all of the earth, your ancestors did it at some point. Maybe they did it 1,000 years ago. Maybe they did it 200 years ago. Maybe some of them are still doing it today. But it was not good if you saw Comanches riding to you. But that was their role. That was yeah. like, we need to scare people away from invading our territory. That is the, the life. They, didn't, they weren't farmers. Right. They were hunters. Yeah. And that's how they survived. And they need to yeah. protect those hunting grounds right. with their lives. Right. That's the world. So right. now you understand when I talk about some of the yeah. mean things they did, there's why. Now, Quana grew up in this world. Like everyone else, he would have been fighting. He would have been learned to fight and hunt and kill his whole life. Um, he had a little brother whose name is not known to mine. Oh, no. His little brother's name is Peanut because mm-hmm. his mother, Cynthia Ann, loved Peanuts as a little boy. Which is a break with tradition, but Penanacona, who was a great war chief in his own mind, led many successful raids in his time, uh, was uh, was allowed to break with tradition because he was so important. Okay. So here's what happened. Before um, before Quana, mostly it was just the Texans fighting this, and then the Mexicans would say, "You Texan," when they were part of Mexico, would say, "You guys deal with it." Mm-hmm. Then they, when Texas revolted and broke away from Mexico, they had to deal with the Comanches on their own. Mm-hmm. Now, this was a huge task because they're basically losing most of the time. I could go into a long history about the Comanches, but we're here to focus on Quana. So Quana, um, Quana's father is killed by the U.S. Army because after the Civil War, they had different tactics, more modern weapons, and they said, okay, and b- probably a bunch of ruthless killers as a result of the war. So they... Went out to Texas to deal with this Comanche problem. A lot of times they got their butts kicked. We're trying to keep it family friendly. While <laughs> I talk about torture killings. Uh, yeah, let's not talk about let's that. Let's not talk about that, but let's not swear either. So, Quana is, Quana's father's killed. His mother, because she's famous and the Parkers are actually a very powerful family in Texas, they're taken back um, to white society along with his sister and Penacona's youngest child, Prairie flower. Wow. And they that did had not, been some culture shock there. Oh, uh, it was not fun. She she kept trying to escape. Sure. Yeah. And she was very upset. She kept bribing people like, if you bring back to my family, I will give you a thousand horses. Oh wow. Yeah, or a whole heap of horses or something. I can. This kind of reminds me of that movie, The Searchers, with John Wayne. That's actually what it's based off of. Oh, it's it? actually literally ah, based off this incident. Okay. Because, the Parkers. When looking for the family members over and over and over oh, again, yeah. one guy he crawl he you well I could go on about and on about just about how he dedicated twenty years I think he spent looking for his 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 niece Cynthia wow. Ann, so it was kind of a sad yeah reunion. I mean I get it she's a little girl mm-hmm. I mean she doesn't remember her life before and this is the only family she knows 
And I, I totally get that. She wants to go back to that life and her family. So, Quana is an orphan. Mm-hmm. His name means fragrance, by the way, or sweet-smelling color. I don't oh, know why his so name maybe is... Maybe he bathed. Maybe he bathed. <laughs> um, Snuck out and took a bath. <laughs> this is just ridiculous. Um, burn on me. Most Native Americans bathe, by the way. I don't want to betray them. Most tribes bathe more than white people. And so he was tall. He had gray eyes. He was leaner and powerfully leaner and taller. So he kind of stood out. Mm-hmm. He also was a very effective war chief. And he grew and grew and grew throughout <clears throat> different raids. And when uh, Mackenzie, a Civil War veteran, and the man who would ultimately defeat the Comanches, came in, he kicked his butt. But they adapted and learned how to fight. And Quana went around. He uh, went around with <clears throat> um, a whole bunch of... Warriors. They wanted to fight. They're young men, you know. And the real threat to the Comanche Nation wasn't the U.S. Army or the farmers, even though the farm. It was the buffalo hunters. Ah. Large scale. Basically, buff- took yeah. away their living. Yes, in 1871 and 1872, that's what the f- um, the 50, big 50 caliber rifles came out. And they could drop buffalo. Um. One hunter named Tom Nixon shot 120 buffalo in 40 minutes. Wow. He killed 3,235 days. That's a lot. That's a whole lot. So this was a massive threat to their way of life. So um, so um, he, another another a magician slash con man slash medicine man named Isatai, ran around telling the elders, we have to fight. We have to fight. We, we have to fight. And... He joined up with Quana, and they were a team. Quana was the warrior, and Isatai was the um, <clears throat> uh, uh, shaman. So they went to the leaders, the, the elders, and they said, and Quana, he, they asked him, you know, he, he was alive to be recorded. He, Quana remembered it this way when they went to the leaders. They said, you are a pretty good fighter, Quana, but you do not know everything. We think you must take pipe first against the white buffalo hunters. You kill white men, it makes your heart feel good. You come back and then take all the young men and go Texas warpath. Isatai make big talk that time. He said, God tell me we're going to kill lots of white men. I stopped the bullets and gun. Bullets not penetrate shirts. We kill them like old women. Well, people liked what Isata was saying, so they followed him to Adobe Walls, which is a ruin. And it was a battle that lasted about three days. And it was, um, what happened was, two men were out gathering, I think, firewood, I believe. And then they saw Quana and his band, which were a whole bunch of different uh, tribes. Um, let me see here. And the, it was technically the second battle of Adobe Balls. It was 28 hunters facing off 700 Comanche, Kiowa, Arapaho, and Cheyenne warriors. And on June 27th, 1874, Quana and the Kiowa chief Lone Wolf attacked Adobe Walls. 
and 28 hunters held off 700 Comanches in about three days. I think two hunters were killed and 11 to 15 Comanche Native American warriors were wounded. It was a scrub. And the big thing was they had these big new 50 caliber handguns that were just cut through. Isatai was wrong. Yeah. And he... um, 50 caliber, that's small, right? No, that's huge. I thought the small... Smaller the caliber, the bigger the round. Reverse it. Really? Yeah. Because I thought like a twelve gauge shotgun. That's was... that's shotguns. Oh. But that's different. No, you're thinking okay. of shot. I don't know what I'm talking about. Yeah, I I know too much about what she's talking about. <laughs> um, yeah. I know nothing. It's like four ten. Yeah, it's it's different. Okay, so fifty's big. Fifty is a very big okay. round. Yeah. Um. So they got mad and left, and they started something called the Red Stick War. Now the Red Stick War was um, the uh, the Native Americans in 18... This happened, all happened in 1874. There were about 20 engagements between the U.S. Army and the, and the Southern Plains Indians that were part of his band. And he was a very effective leader. He outmaneuvered Mackenzie very well. But Mackenzie figured out the as long as they don't take our horses away... There, there was a lot we could go over in this, but I should probably do a couple... Episodes on battles about yeah. just singular battles. Yeah. If we don't let them take our horses away, and use Tonkawa scouts, and Tonkawa was a tribe that was the mortal enemy of the Comanches. They hate each other. If we uh, use those two things, we can win, and they eventually did win. Um, but the, the Native Americans were on the run until they realized they could not fight or run any longer. So the re- they, they just there was no other option. Except to surrender. So in 1875, the Quanta Parker and his band went to Fort Sill and surrendered. And because the Comanches so fearsome, they organized a very, very good deal. They said, all right, all right, all right. you know we're dangerous. You know we're still dangerous. We want this. Otherwise, we're going to go back on the warpath and do as much damage as we can. Because they're so fearsome, so wildly independent, the U.S. government said, you know what? Fine. Fine, they're okay with it. And he, and so Quana um, kept his tribe stable. He kept it alive. He kept it powerful. This is why he's. This is why he's the greatest Comanche war chief. Not because of he messed with Mackenzie, but because he laid the foundation for the Comanches to this day to be a powerful and healthy tribe. They're they're, they're one of the most more financially successful tribes to this day. He also kept their religion alive. He had a joke. He 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 became a Christian in later years. He also um, became a successful rancher, and for him, for him and he used his money to feed his people. He actually his wealth Aww, waned, but nice. <clears throat> he didn't care because <clears throat> he thought being chief is about keeping your people healthy and safe. It done nothing to do with my personal. Yeah, like, he's really the ex- yeah. he really is exemplary yeah. what a chief should be. Yeah. But he's a great quote. Um, they wanted to ban the use of peyote, and he said, "Listen, a white man goes to church and talks and hears someone talk about Jesus. An Indian smokes peyote, goes into his teepee, and talks to Jesus. <laughs> he's a very smart guy." That's pretty cool. So uh, we could go on and on and on for hours about him, and maybe we should. But I thought we'd keep it cl- yeah. cl- cl- yeah. keep it simple. And we'll just cheers, cheers. our South African Sauvignon Blanc to... Quanta Parker. Yeah, Quanta Parker. I'm not really sure. I, don't, I know I didn't say the name right. But. Uh, 
if if there is a native out listener out there who wants to correct me, go ahead. <laughs> I'm not sober for any of these. Come on now, folks. But we're cheersing. This is this is drunk history on podcast. Sounds like a really awesome guy. And, he was. He was. And I, and I think uh, part of his he lives on in Texas. Oh, he I does. Say Texas. Literally, Oklahoma, I think he has like 200 children. Area. He had eight wives. He I'm lives on. great because. Oh no, he had he had, he had seven wives when most warriors had one or two. Well, why would you want seven wives anyway? But isn't one enough, really? Because he can. <laughs> because he can. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, is that our show? Then? That's our show. That's our show. All right. And cheers to you guys cheers for to listening you guys. to us. And um, we'll be back next week to whine about, about history. Whine about history. Yeah.